This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to the Simply Be Podcast, episode number 213. Well, hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jessica Zweig, and this is this is the episode you've been waiting for, my friends. This is part two, part two of my Egypt recap. I couldn't explain this 15-day spiritual pilgrimage that I just took, just got back home from a couple of days ago in one episode. I could talk for hours and hours and hours. And I honestly, I will be talking about this trip. I will be living the rest of this trip for the rest of my life. It is going to inform all of the things that I create and offer and serve the world with. I don't know if you just heard about my Nashville retreat, but I'm going to be pouring a whole bunch of this magic into that experience in April. And my next book, I just, I have so much to say and share because what I know is so much more than what I did know. And I'm going to try and get through more of it today in this podcast. So this is part two of a two-part breakdown. My first was all about my itinerary, my guides, the the different temples, what Egypt was like, just how this trip manifested my group, the experience of traveling with a big group, and just Egypt's invitation. That was really what part one was all about. Well, I accepted the invitation. I stepped through the portal. I followed the call and what came through in that experience 15 days traveling from temple to temple to temple that all had their own unique potent frequencies and lessons and medicines and magic and messages. I want to share that with you today. This is the episode I I really think you were wanting to hear. So we went to, I don't know, I think close to 10 sacred sites and there were four of them that really blew my mind and changed me forever. Now, I'll start by saying when I got to Egypt, I was really burnt out. I was really low. I was depleted. I was sick. I was exhausted. I was not in a good place. I had really worked myself to the 11th hour and like hopped on a plane and like rolled up to Egypt. Like who rolls up to Egypt? (laughs) Like I didn't have a lot of space and time to set intentions, to ground myself, to, you know, really take in what was about to come in. I just didn't have that quote unquote time. Remember, that's a version of myself that I left in Egypt. And so I did set up some boundaries with my team. They all knew not to contact me. I really am so proud of where Simply Be is right now. It's really in a space where I can take 15 days away and absolutely not touch work. And that really allowed me to be present once I got through the initial days of jet lag and my sickness and just grounded and got present. That's when the magic really started to happen. Now, the first or second night that I was there, I talked about this on Instagram. The first morning we actually got up at 3 a.m. and went to the Sphinx and we had a private tour of the Sphinx, just our group. And I went up to it at one point. We had been there for like a good 30 minutes or so. And I put my hands on it. And the second I put my hands on it and I closed my eyes, I felt this like electric pulse through my body and I could hear voices. I could hear like a chorus of voices. And they were saying to me, 
we've missed you. Welcome back. We know you. It was like a chorus of voices that kind of were giving me this message. And it's the exact inflection point of me putting my hands on this beautiful, beautiful structure, the Sphinx, which is, you know, tens of thousands, if not longer years old. The aliens built it. That's besides the point. My friend Laura took a photo of it, not of me, but of the Sphinx. And I just so happened to be standing right there with my hands on it. And I like stepped away and I kind of turned to my right and Laura walked right up to me. And she was like, Jessica, Jessica, look, I just took this picture and you're, look, look at you, look at you. And the picture shows a bright white light beam going through my back. That exact same moment that I was putting my hands on the Sphinx, like I felt it, I felt a jolt, I heard the voices and Laura took a picture in that exact moment and you could see the light codes coming through. Okay, so that was like day one, that was morning one. And then I started to feel even sicker throughout the day. Part of it had to do with jet lag. Part of it had to do with the fact that I was actually really sick, like on the verge of getting like super, super sick right before I left. And then those light codes, like just shooting into my, my energy body. So that night I went to bed at like seven. I was so exhausted. I decided to tap out of the next day's activities. I'm like, I'm just gonna let my body sleep. And in that dream, I had a visitation from Sekhmet, the goddess of healing and war. Now, this is a really important fact. I've never heard of Sekhmet before. I didn't really know anything about her. She's like peripheral, 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 like speck of understanding of her existence. Like Sekhmet just was not in my reality. But in this dream, I knew exactly who she was. <laughs> it was Sekhmet. And I've never had a dream. So it wasn't even a dream. It was a different state of reality. It was, a, it was, I was conscious where this goddess of Sekhmet came into my energy being aura into my space. And she chewed me up like a lion. Like she chewed me up with her ferocious, vicious, like protective, but warlike mission of healing me. Because for six hours, I tossed and turned, I sweat, I was choking, my throat was on fire. I think I was on the verge of actually getting the flu. That's how sick I felt. And then she made me get the flu. She like pushed the flu through me and I got the flu for like six hours. I was like tossing and turning, but I was so sick for about half that night's sleep. And then I went into a deep, deep sleep after that where she left. And I woke up at like 10 in the morning and I was fine. I felt a little off, but I wasn't sick anymore. My cough went away. My throat didn't hurt. I had energy. Segment came and she visited me and I, I'm like positive of that. I'm like, okay, I'm in Egypt. Like my first full night's sleep in Egypt. I had this visitation. So Sphinx, we spend a few days in Cairo. We fly down to Aswan. We get on the boat. I talked about this in episode part one at this beautiful riverboat we were on for seven nights. And the very first stop we make on the boat the next day, our first full night, we slept, but we had to get up at three in the morning. By the way, again, Egypt, Egypt is not a cakewalk. You, you don't go, you can't roll up to Egypt. You can't, don't pack too many bikinis and sunblock. It's not like that. You're up and at it at the crack of dawn most mornings 
having deeply intense spiritual experiences. We are warriors of light, my friends. It's not meant to be easy to do this work, to get to the core of our truth and upgrade our DNA and connect to love and share this mission and be on this mission. It's a mission. Anyway, I digress. So you're up the next morning and we're going to Philae, which is the temple of Isis. Oh my God. And we get to go into her chambers and we all kind of center around, it's called the Holy of Holies, like in any sort of sacred temple, the most inner sacred space where like only the priests and priestesses were allowed to go is called the Holy of Holies. And we were in this space as a group and some people started breaking down crying. I started like immediately like visceral tears. Like we just, you just tapped into this portal of Isis, who is the cosmic mother. She is divine love. She is sort of the the Mary, if you will, of Egyptian mythology. She is, if the universe was created by God and the goddess, which, oh, by the way, it was, it was a co-creation of the divine masculine, the divine feminine sacred union. Isis and Osiris were sort of the king and queen of, of all of Egyptian mythology. So Isis is like the most holy frequency of, of motherly love. And so I'm in her chambers, a bunch of people are still there. We all kind of disperse and go get to have our own experiences. And I'm walking through the temples and it's, it's out of a dream. It's out of a movie. There's no one there but us. We have this full access to filet and I, I'm called to go back in to the Holy of Holies. I'm called to go back into that room. And, I, and so I step back in about 15 minutes later. There are still a few people in there, but I find a little corner by myself and I get down on my hands and my knees and I lean down. I put my forehead down on the ground and I just started hearing her. I started hearing her voice, her message. Her, it was laser sharp. It was so loving and so clear and so nourishing, like mother's milk into my cells. And she said to me, Jessica, you need to rest. You need to practice the art of doing no thing. You need to watch for the fairies and smell the flowers and pay attention to the seasons changing and receive and learn to love your stillness and learn to love yourself because you loving you is loving me. And we are all part of the goddess. We are all pieces of the goddess. We are all the goddess. And I can't explain other than relating what this next moment was like, other than a, like a plant medicine journey, because that's exactly what it was like. So I'm leaning down, I'm getting this message as I'm like crouched over, my hands are on my forehead on the floor and I stand up on my knees. And as soon as I, as I'm standing up, I have a full on DMT 5-MeO activation in my pineal gland. And I start seeing like flower of life, infinite stars, like crazy dissolution into the oneness. I've done the toad many times. It's one of my favorite medicines to work with. And it was just like a toad activation. It was a complete medicine journey, but without medicine. Isis was the medicine, that divine frequency, straight portal into the cosmos was the medicine. And so 
ISIS was extremely meaningful to me. And I actually got a statue of ISIS and I brought her home and put her in the lobby of my office. And I just presented her to my entire team. They probably thought I was super weirdo, but some of them, some of them get me. Some of them are like, oh, Jessica, she's just, she's just so spiritual. (laughs) But I shared with my whole team why I want ISIS in my office, why I want ISIS in my lobby, which is to be the symbol of all of us finding more rest and time to enjoy the fairies and the flowers and the changing of the seasons and to practice the art of doing nothing. I know that I have created a a culture of hustle at Simply Be, not by anything I've actually said or demanded, but based on the way that I show up in the world as a fiery, passionate creator, very much in my masculine building business, being a firefighter of problems and issues and creating money and like doing all of these things that I do, which again, it's gotten me here, but where I want to go, I can't, it's not going to get me to where I want to go. And that's why I left her in Egypt. And I'm so grateful that my team was able to receive that message and understand. I'm like, you know, I'm not enforcing my spirituality on you, but if you ever feel like overwhelmed, that there's too much doingness and not enough of nothingness, come to ISIS and she will remind you that you deserve that level of love, that you need to love yourself like you would love her, like you would love the earth, like you would love the most tender things in your life. You are the most tender thing in your life. And I took that away from ISIS. I also want to share one other little piece of that temple. It wasn't little actually, it was big. So once the sun came up, because we were there during the dark, we found our guide Mo again, and he showed us as a group this etching into one of the the walls, which was an image of Isis and Osiris coming together. And they were actually, it's quite a controversial image. They're having sex and Osiris is orgasming in this engraving. And from his orgasm is coming the Ankh, which is the creation of life. And the Ankh is eternal life. And as Mo is explaining this to me, I'm like, oh my God, this life was created in pleasure. All of the universe, eternal life was born out of bliss, of ecstasy, of tantric orgasm. And we come into this human body and we forget. We literally are on an amnesia trip forgetting the reason for our existence, which is to enjoy it, to make love to our lives. And I'm like, Jessica, where the fuck is that in your life? Where the fuck are you feeling pleasure, play, fun, joy, magic, ecstasy? Nowhere, not nowhere, but like not enough, not even remotely. And that's me being really vulnerable, (laughs) but I like work. That's all I do is work, create, make money, build a business. And I know a lot of beautiful things have come from that. I've touched a lot of lives and I feel very proud and passionate about what I've created in this life in the best way. But filet was just so huge (laughs) between ISIS's message and then seeing that on the walls and really getting the download of what this whole fucking life and existence is really for, I'm like, okay, game is changing. 
So this was like day six, maybe. And I still had like nine more days to go. I'm going to fast forward through a few of the temples because again, I can't go through everything. There was just so much that happened. I want to then talk about Dendera. If you thought ISIS was big, Dendera was bigger. And like I said, these temples compounded upon themselves and created a crescendo towards the end. So Dendera was the last five days. This is when I got off of Instagram and couldn't talk to anybody but my, my own soul to get myself through what this was. So Dendera is the temple dedicated to the goddess of Hathor. And Hathor is the goddess of frequency. She's the goddess of vibration. She's the goddess of bliss, of play, of music, of love. Her and Isis are sort of two sides of the same coin. And I had studied a little bit about Hathor before I went to Dendera, and it's actually plural. They are the Hathors, according to mythology and some extraterrestrial understandings. There's seven of them, and they are correlated to the seven sisters of the Pleiades, the Pleiadian star cluster. And I am a Pleiadian, and that's a whole other episode. But the Pleiadians, nonetheless, are a star family that I know I'm from, I feel very connected to. And going into Dendera, Hathor's temple, I knew was going to have a big impact on me just because of that connection. And so we went to Dendera, we, we were guided through the temple, then we kind of got to go off on our own. And I, she has these music chambers throughout the temple, which are these little tiny sort of like closet sized spaces that you have to climb up a ladder to get to. So I climbed up this ladder, I'm like by myself. I get into this tiny little space and I lean my whole body up against the wall because I wanted all of my chakras from my third eye to my root to be like pressed up against the wall. I like just got that as a message to like do that. So I'm pressed my whole body up against the wall in this tiny little music chamber after, you know, spending the last 30, 40 minutes going around this whole temple, kind of picking up the frequencies and feeling the energy. And my eyes are closed as I'm up against this wall. And you know, when you close your eyes, you just see, you see dark, you know, you see, you see nothing. And my eyes are closed. I'm breathing. I'm meditating. And like a fucking flash of lightning, like white light burst through my entire body. I saw it. I felt it. I became it. It was a white flash of pure white light that went through every part of me. And my eyes are still closed and I'm breathing through that. And the second it happens, I start hearing like messages, like just one after the next, after the next, after the, I never heard spirit speak to me so clearly, so viscerally, so specifically. It was many voices and they were all trying to come at me. They were all like, okay, Jessica, remember that you are, you need to be your beauty. You need to stop apologizing for your beauty. I'm actually, fun fact, I did a video for one of my upcoming projects. And I wore this really beautiful white lace top with a corset over it. And I felt really self-conscious about it. Cause I was like, do I really want to wear a corset and like a, like a video that I'm doing to like promote a thing. And they were like, you need to wear that corset. You need to make sure that you own your beauty and be an example of what it means to be a goddess. You incarnated as a woman. Do you have any idea how lucky you are that you are in a woman's body? You could have incarnated as a man, but you didn't. You're a woman. You're a part of the goddess. You're part of us. And you need to live out our mission 
of activating the feminine frequency on this planet. And oh, by the way, we want you to know that being a human being is a blessing and that you should enjoy every single minute of every single interaction of every single day of your life. You get to eat chocolate and kiss puppies and make love and wear cute outfits and travel the world and do what you want for a living and follow a purpose. Do you have any idea how much we wish we could have you enjoy what we can enjoy and you better enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it for you, enjoy it for us. I mean, they were like screaming at me. They were like, Jessica, you are a leader of the divine feminine frequency. And if you do not step forward, you are going to disappoint us. And, and we, we need you. The world needs you. The world needs all women to own who they are and to be proud of their beauty inside and out because we are all the goddess. And if you don't allow the divine masculine to take care of you, you're also not doing your full job of service. And I was just like, okay, got it. And the second I got on the bus, which I'll talk about in a second, I like started writing this all down on my iPhone. I was like, okay, okay. They said that, they, they said that, they, I can't forget that. I mean, they reminded me of the joy the ecstasy, the pleasure, the play, the relishing in the moment, embodying my body as a woman. That is what Hathor told me. And I walked out of that temple activated. I walked out of that temple different. I felt so embodied in my feminine frequency in a way I've never felt in my life. I don't even know what that feeling could feel like. I didn't know it existed. And I am now so freaking open. Like my crown chakra, I can like ask a question and like hear it, hear the answer. I can, it's not even in my crown chakra. I can, I mean, it's part of where it can come from now, but I feel it in my body. I get like a download through my entire physical system. I can feel chills. I can feel a shift in my heart, my stomach flip. I get a knowingness in my body now. It's really wild when I'm seeking an answer to the most micro and macro question. And I believe that that was due to, I don't believe I know, it was due to my activation inside of Hathor's temple. I had a full-on light body activation. Now that's only half of it. That's not even the craziest part. Craziest part was we leave Dendera, the temple of Hathor, to get on the bus to go to Abydos to stay at the hotel that we were staying at in Abydos for one night. And it's about a two hour bus ride. So I get on the bus and I'm, I'm like lit. Just, I just, I don't even know what just happened to me. I am so excited. I feel so like alive. And then I start feeling kind of achy. My physical body started to like get cold and I started to shiver and my body started to hurt. Like I was coming down with some sort of flu and I lay down on a fetal position on the bus and my two seater. And I started shaking. My body started shaking as if I was freezing. And I like started talking like this because I was so cold and it just started getting worse. And this was right after I left the temple on the bus, the next two hours, my body starts convulsing. Like I cannot get my body to feel good. So we get to the hotel and it's around 4.30. I'm roommates with Megan and she's like, you know, do you, are you hungry? Do, what's going on? Are you okay? And she, she's such a good friend. And she, she got me some water and 
it was, dinner was at six and I was like, just go down to dinner. I'm going to stay in this bed. I feel so sick. I don't know what, what's happening. And she leaves. I can't believe I'm going to share this with you guys, <laughs> but I'm gonna. Okay. So here we go. So I am lying in bed for hours and I'm just, I'm shaking. I do not feel good. Nothing feels good. I can barely move. I need to like, at some point, get up, brush my teeth, get ready for bed, but I'm in my clothes and I'm just sitting in bed shaking. And I have a conscious thought. And the conscious thought is it would feel really good if you started humming. So I start humming and I'm just like, "Mm," my eyes closed. I'm like, you know, this feels really good. Like this is actually helping. So my second conscious thought is like, maybe you should open your mouth and, and let it out and make it stronger. So I start doing that. I start going, uh, okay. And that feels really good. I'm like, okay, this is helping my body heal. It's helping my body calm down. And then I, without any effort or conscious thought, went from uh to uh yeah 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 and I started speaking light language for about a half an hour straight. It just channeled as if I was not forcing it, pushing it. It wasn't coming from my conscious mind. It was coming from definitely source and through my body like a clear channel. And remember the Hathor is the goddess of frequency and vibration. And light language, you might be like, Jessica, what's light language? Honestly, light language I've heard is the language of star families and the galactic kind of extraterrestrial beings that are of high, 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 high dimensions, not like 5D, 6D, like 12D. And it comes through people. I've heard people speak light language, which is the only reason why I knew what I was experiencing was light language. And I just let it flow. I I wasn't scared of it. I wasn't like judging myself. I wasn't telling myself this wasn't real. I, I was real. And I let myself fully heal through the sound of vibration. Like it was the only thing that felt good. My body started to calm down. The the light language was medicine. And truth be told, I wasn't right for the next two, two and a half days. So basically what happened in Hathor's temple, when I got that white light download activation, when that lightning bolt went through my body, that was a light body activation. So my Ka body, my soul, my light body, I don't know how else to explain it. It expanded. It, it, it like went wildly huge in the best way. I opened, right? I became a clear portal in, in my own auric field to source energy. There's no other explanation than that. And my human body, which is made of flesh and bone here in the 3D, freaked out. It didn't know what was happening. And that's why I started getting sick. It wasn't a sore throat. It wasn't a headache. It wasn't sniffles. It was a energy. I got energetically sick. My body was aching. My body was shaking because it didn't know how to handle and receive all of that light. At least not right away. 
it took me about two or three days to process what had happened. And during those two to three days, I was extremely raw. I was still not feeling well physically. I was highly sensitive. I was taking everything personally. Like every, every part of the day felt really intense is basically what I'm trying to say. And it took going to the final destination to really pull it all through and make sense of it. This is what I'm going to end with, which is the story of the Great Pyramids. Our final morning, we went to into the King's Chamber at like 5 a.m., just our group, climbed up 300 steps. We owned in this temple, all of us as a collective, I cracked open. I bawled my eyes out. I bawled my soul out in a way I've never cried. And remember that this trip was a crescendo, that Joey McCune, our guide, created this journey of remembrance that each and every temple, and I've skipped so many because I can only talk for so long on this podcast, but was, a, was collecting a piece after piece after piece, putting together the members of our body. We were remembering our soul body, our light body, our ka body, our truth, our light, our connection to source, which we have in this life, in this human existence, so easily forgotten because we live in a dualistic patriarchy and we've forgotten that the way is the feminine. It is the frequency. It was the dawn of civilization. The aliens, for whatever you believe, this is what I believe, came down to Egypt and created this idea, this civilization of harmony and created hybrids of human beings on this planet based on these principles of community and togetherness and love and respect and, and reverence and sovereignty for the planet. And now we pillage her and we use her and we war on her and we trash her and we forget that we are her. And the operative word is her. She's feminine. And she is love. She just is love. And so in that king's chamber on that final morning after going through this wild, wild journey, I broke open into tears of two sides. One was of deep gratitude and a melting into this feeling of being that loved. Like, oh my God, I, I, I am love. I am connected to this love. This is the cosmic love that is available to me at all times. I am love. Love is me. I'm enveloped in this endless infinite, infinite as the black sky filled with stars until the end of time. Love, that's how deep and big and vast it is. And I am soaked in it and a part of it. And the feeling of being that loved was just so overwhelming that all I could do was cry. And on the other side of that coin was grief that I don't actually really ever in its full capacity, let that level of love in. I don't, I don't trust it. I don't see it. I don't believe it. I don't allow it. I don't always believe I'm worthy of it. And the grief was just 
a reckoning of just how much I've done that in my life, how much I've cut myself off unknowingly from this source. And it made me very sad. But it, it woke me up and showed me the truth that it is always a breath away, a blink away, a thought away, a touch away. It's omnipresent in me, in you, within us and all around us. And I descended out of that pyramid new. I stepped out into the fresh air of Giza and was as raw and as open in my heart as I have ever been. Ever been. And I'm still there. I took that home with me. I've taken this into my business. I've taken it into my marriage. I'm taking it everywhere. I'm taking it hopefully here to you on this show. And I'm just really grateful that you felt so engaged with this trip, that you felt a part of it. Uh, many of you were just so beautiful in your messages to me and sharing my, sh my content. And, and, and it's not like about Instagram, which is so silly and trite. It's like, I felt the, the desire and the connection and the call that we all have to remember, to touch this light, to touch this source, to touch this truth, to touch this frequency of love. And so this is why I had to do it into two parts because this is longer than a typical solo. And I just hope that it served you. I, I share all of this so that you can step forward into whatever portal you're be being called into, whether it's something as grand as Egypt or your next difficult conversation. It's all meant for our evolution and for our remembrance. We just have to be brave enough to choose to go in. And that's why we're warriors of light. So, so much more I could say, but I think I've said a lot. And I just want to thank you all for listening. I am new. And I hope that this brought some newness to you. Whether you felt it in your heart or your mind, you took it in with some new perspective, new feeling, new energy. The last thing I'll share, which really is the perfect way to end it. The morning after I had the light language activation, I came up to our guides at breakfast and I told them about it. More of like the academia, like not necessarily the spiritual leader of our trip. That was more Joey and, and Hatem, our guides, our Egyptologist and really was like the PhD in the room. And I shared it with both of them. And he, he looks at me and then he looks at Hatem and he says to Hatem, this is why people come to Egypt so that they can learn and then they can go help make the world a better place. And I'm just trying to do my part. And I hope that this inspires you to do yours too. Thank you for listening, my friends. I love you all so much. And I will see you on the next episode of the Simply Be podcast.